0: The Macabre World Podcast is brought to you by Darker Art Studio, home of real human bone jewelry. Stock and custom pieces are available, so visit us on the web at www.darkerartstudio.com and show them your darker art side. Macabre World, a podcast from Darker Art Studio where we explore the dark, strange, and unusual from this world and beyond. Hello and welcome to season two of the Macabre World podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Degati, and with me is author Eve Lestrange. Eve, welcome. Very wonderful to have you. How are you doing this evening? What's going on?
1: Um, very good. I'm very
0: happy to be here and I'm honored that i'm on the premiere of season two you are indeed i had the pleasure of very very briefly because it was a crazy busy show uh meeting eve at the monster mania con convention and you're going to be at the monster mania con in hunt very uh valley maryland over on september 30th correct
1: yeah the 30th to the 2nd of october
0: okay so that's coming up for you and i you have four books out or more uh four yeah, four books out and so have you always been a writer
1: uh no no before that i was a musician i played with a band called the empire hideous and um when that broke up i couldn't really find another band that i wanted to be with either the musicians were very good and they were flaky or the musicians were very dedicated but i just really didn't like the music so uh, but let, let me go back to writing because I'd written some poems and short stories and stuff. But if you, let me let me go back to that because I need a creative outlet. I need something to do. And um, ever since then, I've you know, I love it. I love doing it.
0: Now, was that your favorite subject in school? You big into English and. and yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: English, English history. Yeah.
0: Well, history is a blast. I have to admit. Oh, yeah. I truly enjoy it. Um. So. You know, what are your influences when you when you were um musically also is fun um but you know when you when you were trying to find you I always call it finding your voice whether you're doing it creatively with music with art finding your style in art or or your singing or whatever when you're finding your voice your creative voice what were some of your influences?
1: uh mostly H.P. Lovecraft. Not just for the not just for the stories that he wrote. He wrote great stories, but just the way he wrote them, he had such a a beautiful literary style of, of writing things. And, it, you know, it transferred so well from from the pages in, into your mind so you can really picture it and see what was going on. And some of the things that he wasn't too descriptive on gives you a chance to, to use your own imagination.
0: Funny funny thing is um, I, I'm from Rhode Island and uh, I was born also born in Providence, and uh, I I've walked along Benefit Street many a time. I used to work up on the east side of Providence and I've been to Swan Point. There's some wonderful folks that do uh, a great service to him at Swan Point. Uh, shout out to Carl Johnson and that crew. They're they're wonderful there. Um, and and H.B. Lovecraft, I think was I think one of the earmarks with him is that, like you said, it it makes your your imagination goes the extra mile. He gives you the setup mm-hmm. and you run with it. Oh, yeah. And I and I find that there are a lot of or, uh, modern authors that do that same type of thing. That that's that's a great uh, literary device is to is to give somebody the setup, because I think it's inevitable that what we imagine will be far more. In the case of horror, what you imagine or envision is far worse than anything anyone could describe. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all ghouls and pessimists at heart, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, and, you know, when everybody says, what's the worst that could happen? Nobody goes, oh, it can't be that bad. Everybody goes, oh, God, I just saw the worst thing in my mind. <laughs> you know, and everybody's thinking. So it, I, I love Lovecraft. Rats in the Wall is my favorite. Um, <laughs> just because I have a great, you know, a, a great affinity for that story. But I, I agree with you. He, he was, I think, um, a very, very much an influence on a lot of modern writers. And I think that's wonderful to have. So have you always been interested in all things dark and mysterious?
1: Oh, yeah. Ever since I was a kid. I mean, I remember I remember the first horror movie I saw was it was a TV movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I think I was five when I saw that. It was uh, You know, these little creatures, they came out of the wall and they would, you know, like take people away. It was just a really creepy
0: movie. And ever since then, I've been hooked. And uh, do you have do you have a favorite of all time uh, horror movie?
1: I probably have to go with The Exorcist and The Bride oh, of yeah.
0: Oh, nice! I think the I almost want to say The Exorcist needs to come off the list because that's like a given at this point. I mean, myself as well. I think I grew up in a very um, extre- excruciatingly Catholic house, so I think mm. if you have the Catholic dogma instilled in you, that movie was so much scarier. because you kind of got a little bit of a different flavor but I always like to bring up Rosemary's Baby I loved with that's one of my favorites too isn't that a great movie and I love Ruth Gordon (laughs) Rosemary you're pregnant you know she was just and 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 with with all all due respect to the North Jersey New York uh diphthong I love the way she talks I really oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> she's pregnant You know, she's she's got she's got the voice of the burrows she had. Um, you do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> I have a variety of imitations that come out sometimes involuntarily. So um so yeah, and you and and your books feature um the the you have uh three books in a series so far. Because mm. there is yeah, there gonna so be more far. in the series so far in the series, and that is um your uh it's Wittershin's. Solitary Fire and Path of Shadows. Yes. And your your heroine. Tell me a little bit more about your heroine in these in this trilogy.
1: Uh, Christina LaFage is a poor 18th century French girl. She hates the small village she lives in. You know, she sees like there these rich people riding by in carriages and say, wow, you know, I wish that was me. And one day she meets a witch in a wooded grove who offers her an apprenticeship. So she readily accepts that. And she eagerly sells her soul and learns, uh, learns all the aspects of the black arts. She learns to bend the laws of nature to her will, uh, everything from spell casting to demon raising. And, you know, but it's, it's what she learns about herself that really brings her full circle.
0: Well, it's, I, I love the title uh, of the first book, which is Wittershins. And I, I'd always understood that to mean counterclockwise.
1: Mm-hmm. going and the, the only
0: lap. I'm gonna I gotta a shout out to some friends the only reason I know that is back in high school some friends of mine formed a band called Witter Shins. I'm like what was <laughs> it and that's how I learned the word um but yeah it, it's it counterclockwise so it's definitely well I think she's I think she's kind of a neat heroine I think I like that 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 um and I've done some I I confess I haven't fully finished it but I mean I've done I've gotten into it and it, it's it's a fun read and i think the adventure the adventure quality is is a lot of, is a lot of fun but i love that she's independent so many yeah. books that try to uh incorporate history interest and and there's definitely some some attractions and and things like that they they sort of like follow this i don't know this kind of patriarchal formula of save me save me and Mm -hmm. you know the the, the, strong women aren't usually at the forefront and i think that that was a wonderful a wonderful feature of of the series
1: oh thank you i didn't want christina to be a damsel in distress christina doesn't wait for any man to save her
0: no and it doesn't and, and i like that it doesn't mean that she's 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 Dislikes them, it just means that, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with you. Like, or like, no, don't write me letters, people. It doesn't matter who you <laughs> like and who you don't. But I mean, it's so so often, and and horror, occult um, fiction, if it isn't going truly off the rails into horror, into keep you up late at night and and gross you out horror, then it usually tends to lead toward you like your Anita Blake series, your you're some of your your more. Um, I don't want to say erotic horror, but it it is usually it, it it's relationship based.
1: Mm.
0: And, I mean, it's, and I it's think in
1: it, there, it's in there where it's needed, but it's not the focus of the story,
0: which is I think very refreshing. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't, I don't, I get, I get I don't care about my, you know, anybody else's relationship. I really don't. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of, but I am really interested in somebody's journey and that's, that's what you've got going on here. I mean, we, you, you, you start with Wittershins and she's, she's sort of developing her gifts.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: now that's the other thing. Are, are they gifts or are they curses or did she have them? Did she always have it in her? Did, did the, the, you know, did she have to kind of like barter for it? How'd that work?
1: It was it was given to her. She had to sell her soul to get it. She did yeah. it willingly.
0: And that's yeah, and you know I like that too. That that mm-hmm. she volunteered. It was she wasn't tricked into it.
1: She, she wanted she just, it. That that is
0: <laughs> remarkably cool and honest. But you know I think a lot of people are gonna you know enjoy the fact that there's you're calling it the question. I think a little bit of. What we consider good versus bad and, and, and pulling into that gray area, because and a lot of popular television and and movies will do this is take take somebody who's not entirely good or not entirely bad. We seem to like to throw people to one side or the other. And then you get at like somebody like a Dexter in the middle. <laughs> you know, and i and what I enjoyed about about your characters is you're exploring that gray area in a big way and letting yeah, folks I mean, kind of, you know, decide where their moral compass points because sometimes things aren't necessarily black and white.
1: Right. I mean, you'll see she she does have a part. As you read further into the series, you'll you'll see that.
0: And uh, what now what what's what's the feedback like? What do you do do the, what does the, the magic community think of your books?
1: Uh, I hope they like them. Uh so far <laughs> Uh, anybody I've met at a convention and say, Oh God, I read your books. I love them. I love them. When's the next one coming out? What are you doing now? Um, so, so far I've gotten really good feedback and I'm, I'm very grateful for that.
0: That's excellent. You know, I mean, cause your challenge, I mean, it's a challenge, like, you know, like you said, it, she's not being tricked. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very cool the way that works. And, and when you go into that, the conventions are definitely an experience.
1: Oh, yeah, that's they... for, if you're a horror author, that's definitely the way to go. I mean, I did a couple of bookstore signings, and it's you're there for a couple of hours. Maybe you sell a couple of books, maybe you don't. But you know, the horror conventions—that's your audience. That's where they are, right? You know, and they're very receptive, and they're happy to be there. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's happy. You know, so I just think that doing the well—they serve
0: booze. Is, you know that, right? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. That's true. That <laughs> helps too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, see the bookstores. All you get is scones. <laughs> yeah, scones. And serve, <laughs> scones. Scones. You got to go where they serve the booze to sell the book. But it. At all. All kidding aside, it is. It is a great venue. I mean, and and there's there's a lot of inspiration to be had, and I love. To, like I'm I'm also a vendor there as well under the under the sponsorship of the podcast, and you know it's it's I think I, I love the cosplay. I love mm-hmm. the whole vibe of it I like that it brings a lot of fans together
1: oh yeah you don't get that at Barnes and Noble
0: no you don't <laughs> you definitely don't I think my favorite cosplay was not this con but the, although I see I see great ones every con not this one but the one before in March which was very Dexter based and someone mm-hmm. a, a beautiful young lady came in dressed as the uh the uh Matsuka the the the, the fella who's the forensic uh, analyst along with Dexter and she she nailed it <laughs> you know I saw I saw so many but you know so it, it's like I said it's a lot of fun to connect with people that way and and to it. now another book that you've got um mm-hmm. outside of that is the um I know you have the trilogy uh the one that was the one set in Baltimore yeah that's a uh, blood moon over the Chesapeake that's it. Thank you. I had the I had it written down, but I couldn't find the title. Blood Moon over the Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, Baltimore is a great city. Tell me why Baltimore. I I love it, but I, I'm curious what what inspired you.
1: My mother's family comes from Baltimore, and um, I still have cousins in Glen Burnie. I still have cousins in Southern Maryland. And um, one day I was going through some old and old papers and they were all from baltimore it's like this looks really cool baltimore's a really old city there's a lot of there's a lot of ghost stories in baltimore too it's like well, let me very much i want to pick this for my you know for the setting of my next story
0: it is a very very cool city i've i've mm. i've enjoyed um Fell's point very much it's a nice neat area and uh, that was post city too there's another mm, yeah I've always thought he was kind of an interesting. I think he, he was an interesting study in, lit, in literature as well. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah that, that whole area, like where it's funny where the Poe House is, like the rest of the area mm-hmm. doesn't really look all that literary. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> for, it's for a scary. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rough area. But I still think, it, you know, you go during the day, it's a great place to visit. And mm-hmm. Fell's Point, I believe, was, you know, the old ye olde drinking grounds. Because there's still quite a few taverns in and around that area. and and Baltimore's definitely got a, a haunting appeal all its own. I it think does, the older does. cities do, Philadelphia, mm-hmm.
1: Providence,
0: Boston, Baltimore. you're gonna get that that o- almost a colonial, uh, I say colonial, this isn't in colonial time, but it, it, that colonial air feeling even to this day. You still Mm -hmm. have the little bit because there's so much to the architecture. So you've got stuff in in France. Are you primarily into like that whole 18th, 19th century or?
1: I I like a lot of history, Um, you know, whether it's, you know, regular history, ancient history, witchcraft history, witchcraft history in particular. That's, that's, you know, I read read, so many books and occult books. I thought, you know, let me put some of this knowledge to use let me incorporate this into into
0: what i'm writing well it's fun to get the fantastic from the factual yeah i think that's a great <laughs> a great a great inspiration right there oh i loved i love witchcraft history and like i'm from maybe about you know 75 minutes south of salem massachusetts originally and um it's it's because that's that's about it's anywhere between an hour and 20 and an hour and a half from where I grew up and the, you know, what happened, what do you think really happened there?
1: Uh, I think a lot of it was politically motivated.
0: I think, you know, if you accuse
1: someone of witchcraft, like, Oh, like if I accuse this, this old woman of witchcraft, she has a lot of nice property. That could be mine. So let's get rid of her. We'll call her a witch. We'll get rid of her. And, you know, but, but, you know, who knows that something could have been going on there or it could have just been, you know, teenage girls listening to, stories from Tituba,
0: the slave? You know, I think I I, I think you're spot on, though, because I've often and I, I don't know if uh, for those that are listening, one of the things that happened in, in Salem when you were accused of witchcraft, your assets were seized yeah. and you had to pay for your, as you know, you had to pay for your due mm-hmm. days, your upkeep in jail. And most people were in jail long enough to bankrupt them. And then the state or the, the town got their land in in collateral and then was able to sell it off at, to make any kind of money they could for having had you in jail and you defaulting on your debt. Mm-hmm. So like you said, if a neighbor, if you had a back 40 and you didn't want to sell it and your neighbor wanted to buy it and he accuses you of witchcraft and you're in the clink long enough, basically that goes up for grabs and he can offer pennies on the acre and Bob's Mm. your uncle. He's got your property. And and that's and that I think I think that was the I I think when you boil a lot of this stuff down, it never comes down to religion. It always comes down to money.
1: Yeah.
0: It really (laughs) does. It always comes down to money. And I think that, you know, there was, I mean, it's gruesome what happened. And Mm. I think that that whenever you give, and I'm going to say this very carefully, but it's nicely allegorical. I think whenever you give someone who is a zealot and not smart, too much power, you're going to get these kinds of situations. It's yeah, always going to be a problem. There's gonna be a problem, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whether it's you know the witchcraft trials, what happened at the Capitol. Oh, sorry, did that slip out? Yeah. Just kidding. Don't write me letters, people. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I and I and I love the history of that because I think it's kind of cool. I always I always wonder. I come from a family of herbalists uh, on my mom's side from Portugal, and I always wonder, you know, what was their life like? How much persecution did they face? The old world's a little different in the fact that they kind of tolerate, to to some degree, well, Iberians notoriously were intolerant of witches. I think we can all agree, (laughs) at least, you know, in that whole Inquisition thing. But, you know, after that, they they were, they were, they called them in Portugal, they called them curanderas. And curanderas, you know, they were just like herbalists. And that was somebody you sought out to help your cow make it through the winter if it was having you know respiratory issues and while you were there you know can you help my kid out he's got the cold too and everything that kind of stuff and you know those types of people have been throughout history help helpers and i think they kind of get a bad rap healers and helpers and and Mm -hmm. they kind of get a bad rap i think it just got ugly from there and i love i wonder what they would think now to see that so many people who identify as witches or who practice witchcraft of varying d- disciplines and types are able to be so open about it. Do you think yeah. that's come full circle? Can everybody be out now?
1: I think so. I think, I think it's, it's accepted more, you know, even, even, you know, 50 years ago or so. That's when it, I think, that's, I think that's when people just started to, you know come out there were more books being published or more people practicing more people talking about it i think it's well, more acceptable now
0: the gardener the guard i think gerald we'll blame, we'll blame gerald gardner for that <laughs> <laughs> i think he brought a lot of you know i once had a chance to interview ray buckland over the phone and um he was delightful to talk to very oh, of wow. course very erudite very very cool man And at one point, because I'm a bit of a cheeky person, I did ask him, I said, all right, Dr. Buckland, I got to ask you just full stop. Got to tell me. Was Wicca your senior thesis for your degree in anthropology at Oxford? (laughs) Did you invent this to see if it would stick? And he's like, oh, yes, such a cheeky girl. You know, he was was just (laughs) laughing at me. He never denied it. Um, but he, but the thing is is I thought it was brilliant what he did, and I wasn't saying it in any disrespectful way. I was sort of saying it was kind of interesting because I thought it was a great blend of old and new,
1: mm, exactly. It's a blend of a lot of things, like you know, herbs and nature worship and all that stuff.
0: I think it took I took some of the vagueness from historical because up until up until books like that Gardner wrote that Bucklin wrote, mm-hmm. up until those kinds of books, people didn't know. Didn't have like a a set path to follow. They didn't have a. They didn't have the recipes. They knew. They knew the dishes existed, but they didn't have a formula mm. on how to cook them. And I think that's what that that did. Now, one of the things I know is a pile of information on stuff like that in your books.
1: Oh right. yeah, I I read a lot. I mean, Christina Heavily is definitely researched. not Wiccan. <laughs> but um,
0: we don't yeah, just a you.
1: lot of no. There's a lot of left hand path qualities in there in her. Um, so I wanted to put that in there.
0: You know, I think, especially, well, especially with the title Wittershins. Yeah. Counterclockwise. Nice. Well, you know, I think, like I said, that goes back to what we we had talked about a little bit earlier, where I really don't know that you can be so black and white in the, in the era of the protagonist and the, you know, the antihero where the you know it, where that happens where well, we can all be anti-heroes because we're all anti-heroes in our own life we all got to make decisions that are based on our own personal moral compass and it, provided that we think for ourselves you know it may not be with the grain you're right. going to do what you think is right and you're going to do what's right for yourself and you know i think that 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 i think that a lot of the the shadow work and the left hand path and all of those the, those gray areas. I think those got a bad rap. I don't think I think people want to see. Up until recently, I, I think it's now starting to break. The people needed to see, you know, people one set of guys in white hats, one set of guys in black hats,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was easy that way. Angels and demons. There was right, nobody. But in Now the we have the guys in the gray hats. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you know, I think that's more. I think that that more of us are aligned that way. I I think so
1: too. I mean, I mean, a lot of witches will say, "Oh no, I'm a white witch. I'm a white witch." But is there really such a thing? I mean, that's it. it Kind of screws up the balance because you need that. You need light. You need dark to to keep the balance. You can't just be, you know, off on one side because it's
0: it upsets the balance. Then you limp. (laughs) (laughs) Then you limp. Well, you know, not to bring the Buddhists into this because they didn't ask for it, but um, you know, I think of the Yin and the Yang, and I think that's that's a very nice visual that most people know that sort of illustrates the balance. You know, yeah, the they didn't ask to be brought into this, but there they are. <laughs> so you know, but and I think, like I said, the, and the meaning of what is dark and what is evil. So many people on that feel that they're on the side of right, and they're on the side mm-hmm. of might, really aren't of light let's just say and they're certainly not enlightened Uh,
1: no no but i but that's probably their perspective.
0: and it's it's hard you know well you can't nobody nobody can reason with a zealot so (laughs) so what's next so we have we have three books in the trilogy and 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 uh the the, uh, the the fourth what's the next book is that coming out uh, I haven't started that yet, but I probably will soon.
1: Um, I like to start in the fall. Um, I'm thinking about a prequel to Whitterton's. Oh, very cool. Um, everything that Madame DuChamp went through before she right. Christina in the wooded grove and took her under her wing. So I think that's where I'm going to go with that.
0: Well, that'll be exciting, and and folks can find your books on Amazon. And they can find you by searching the author Eve Lestrange. And it's still just how it sounds, E-V-E-L-E-S-T-R-A-N-G-E. And you can keep up on news, events, and other goodies on evelestrange.com. Not to be forgotten that you're going to be in Hunt Valley, Maryland, uh, September 30th through October 2nd for the Monster Maniacon podcast. convention that's there anything else you want to add in
1: um i think that's it you can also follow me on facebook and instagram i'm on there too
0: fantastic well always good to talk to one in new jersey zone thank you for helping me kick off the second season eve it was a pleasure
1: thank you Rocky. i had a great time and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime thank you
0: thank you for listening to macabre world You can find us on the web at www.darkerartsstudio.com.